Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, we started the show today talking about all this bonkers stuff at the border here. It's still bonkers. <laughs> and you get both levels of government saying, sure, go down there and fill up a tank of gas, buy some groceries. It's all good. You don't need that COVID test coming home. Wow. And then people do what they say, and people get walloped with huge fines for doing it. Unreal. So some border guards have not got the memo or they've chosen to ignore the memo. I've just received two emails from Janet Brown, our reporter, NW reporter, uh, forwarding some e some uh, listener uh, complaints that they went down to Blaine uh, to get gas and were dinged uh, with a fine coming home. Uh, another one uh, say, saying they actually phoned the border services and said, had no idea what she was talking about. What do you mean you don't need a, a PCR test? Of course you do. So, <laughs> again, I just talked to Mike Farnworth, who's – the public safety minister who's just flummoxed by this, he's, he's got to be kidding me. You know, they've, there's been high-level communication between Farnworth and Bill Blair, the federal minister, um, uh, David Aiken, our uh, chief political reporter in Ottawa last night, talked to a senior political official in the federal government and said, okay, we screwed up for the first couple of days. The, the rules were misapplied, but now we've set it straight. Everybody knows what the rules are. Well, as of this morning, at least a couple border guards don't know what the rules are. So it's still a, a very confusing situation. You're supposed to be able to go down to Blaine or Bellingham, get essential supplies, and come home. You don't go down there to do Black Friday shopping. You go down <laughs> to get gas or food, and you come home. Right. And you're not supposed to get a PCR test. Yeah, you're not supposed to go down there for a vacay for a couple of days, no. okay? If you're going to go down and pick up some uh, pick up some fuel, pick up some groceries, supposedly they're, they're supposed to let you through. And a lot of people had trouble. Do we have, um, Tim, do we got Marlene there? Yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, Marlene Jones, uh, who is one of the drivers who got dinged with one of these fines. Marlene, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, Marlene, thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it. So t tell me real quickly what happened to you. What, what did these border guards say to you when they walloped you with this, this ticket? Well, actually, they were quite intimidating. I told them about the news, and maybe they should somehow check the news because it had changed. And they told me that I should be getting my news on Twitter. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a grandmother. I don't do Twitter. And uh, they, they were quite intimidating. Uh, they took my passport. They took my license. The ticket that they gave me is on a, it looks like a speeding ticket, but up at the top it says Federal Contraventions Violation Ticket. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, my big concern now is that I'm heading off to Europe this weekend to meet a granddaughter that was born during COVID. And I want to make sure that when I'm coming back, there's nothing against my passport. And I talked to my MP and my MLA and yeah. said, could they check my passport to make sure there's no black marks? Did you... Um so when you say these border guards are kind of intimidating to you, did you try to explain to this border guard that, look, you know, like this is the, the, the guy in charge, like your boss has already said it's okay not, for not me only, to do this. Not only that, but their agency, the Canadian Border Agency, Canadian Border Services Agency on Twitter actually put out what the new rules well, yeah. are. So they actually on Twitter explain that you don't need a PCR test if you go down for essential Goods, and they actually identify food and fuel as being essential. Right. So their own organization has publicly stated what the rules are, and some of these agents are just choosing to ignore it. Right. So you explained that to him, right, Marlene? I explained, I yeah. explained that to the agent when I was going through in the car, and then when I had to go inside to the office, there was about five or six of them. And uh, they were very intimidating. I, I, was, I was scared. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And, well, uh, th- th- I hope it all works out for you, Marlene. Well, the border agents. Thanks for calling. You know, a border agent has a lot of power, yeah. and they choose to interpret things along their own personal way sometimes, uh, just like building inspectors do. You know, you can get a bad building inspector, and you can be hooped, and you, have, you need a different building inspector. So these have these people have a lot of discretionary powers. But as I say, I just talked to Mike Farmworth. I think he's actually probably right now on the phone to Bill Blair or to federal his federal counterparts trying to get this fixed because, again, the rules are have changed. The, the, as of November 30th, uh, PCR tests are no longer required. So BC has asked for an exemption. Bill Blair and, and the federal government have granted this, basically saying the existing rules do allow this exemptions. You can make your case to a border guard and be able to go down, get your essential supplies, and come home without a PCR test as of now, but evidently that's not happening in all places. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that this particular federal cabinet minister has dropped the ball. I mean, he's had a few blots on his record here, Bill Blair, and this this is another one. So, I mean, it, this should not be rocket science. I mean, this is pretty simple. If you're going down to get some gas or groceries, you don't have to do the test. Should so, I mean, simple. like, you know, it's not like this is a massive, sprawling system. I mean, we've got, we've got like, I think there are like 12 or 13 border crossings land border crossings in bc into the united states but there's only like four like huge ones major yeah. ones right yeah. so you're telling me that you cannot that you couldn't make sure that the the people who are who are doing this job were told like look this is a directive from the guy well, in you, charge from you, the minister if you go back to the beginning of the pandemic remember the border was closed uh, in march 2020 except for essential service workers if you recall at the beginning what essential service workers actually qualified was a bit of confusion with some border guards who, who again, didn't allow some people who argued they were essential workers uh, through, and they allowed others. So it took some time to work that out at the beginning of the pandemic, then, then it seemed to resolve itself. So perhaps we're seeing that happen here. Well, hopefully people like Marlene, who've been walloped with these huge fines, well, they shouldn't will have to now... Pay. Yeah, my understanding, I don't think she's she's written a check for $5,700. That's how much her fine was, uh, uh, according to Marlene. But uh, it's the Provincial Health Agency of Canada, or the um, Public Health Agency of Canada that collects these fines. Uh, in these measures, and th- I've been told they've been told to stand down, that they will not collect these fines, and hopefully Marlene doesn't have to pay hers either. Okay, well, that's good. Marlene, thank you for calling in. Let me ask you real quickly, Keith, about the uh, the Liberal Party leadership contest. Ooh, this is interesting. So last night, they had a debate, okay, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting. I watched part of it. I watched a good chunk of it. And at one point, and through a lot of this debate last night, it was kind of a gang up on Ellis Ross, oddly enough. Like, Kevin Falcon is considered the front runner to become the next liberal leader. But a lot of these candidates were absolutely going after Ellis Ross, and they were zeroing in on some comments he had made about climate change. Like, at one point, apparently, he had said, well, there's some uh dispute about the science on climate change he had also said that maybe transitioning this quickly to electric vehicles in british columbia is not a great idea i think it's more about uh, the liberal party uh, leadership candidates wanting to be on the right side of the on the correct side of climate change not to be seen as denying climate change uh, more than being worried about Ellis Ross winning the leadership, I don't think he's considered a front runner. Well, let's have all. a li- let's have a listen to this. Now, this is Val Litwin, a Liberal MLA, running for the leadership of the not Liberal Party. He's not an MLA. Oh, sorry, former, uh, former president of the BC Chamber of Commerce. Uh, thank you for that. And he is running for the BC Liberal leadership. Here he is going after Ellis Ross. Have a listen to this. 
that it is critically important that our leaders have the judgment to tell the difference between fake news on Facebook and credible scientific data. It was surprising, Ellis, to hear you say that you're an expert in climate change. Two years ago, you weren't making that claim. In fact, you said you don't know what to believe about global warming because according to you, even scientists and experts don't agree. This is deeply concerning. We need to be unequivocal on our climate policy. So he was, there was one of the liberal candidates who went after Ellis Ross last night, and a lot of them took their, took their turns kind of going after him. Yeah, again, I think it's, it's a uh, situation where they want to establish their position on the correct side of climate change. I, I mean, what we've seen the last week, again, another example. Um, all, basically, we've had a trifecta this, this, this year. We had the, the wildfires, the heat dome. The atmospheric rivers, another one about to approach, all linked to climate change. And I think the Liberal candidates are correctly re- realizing they can't be seen as being uh, disbelieving of climate change and, and the need to fight it. And they're taking it out on Alice Ross, who seems to have given them some fuel with some previous comments. And he did not back down at all, by the way, in this debate last night. Like He was saying, okay, no, I'm not a climate change denier. I understand climate change is happening, but we can't, we can't hurt our economy here. We need to keep building... Uh, natural gas infrastructure, for example. And then he, interestingly, he started criticizing the transition to electric vehicles, saying that he thinks this has been fast-tracked. We don't have the necessary infrastructure to move this quickly to electric vehicles. So it was kind of interesting to see him stand up on those points, and he wasn't backing down on it. Well, Ellis is very much a uh, defender of the uh, natural resource industry. Yeah, I mean, right. that's, that's his background. That's his thing. Yeah, and he's a he's an ardent defender of the LNG uh, program, as is the NDP government, as is the BC Liberal party so he's, right. he's not out of step on something like that uh, electric vehicles I mean there's all there is criticism that we don't have enough infrastructure but we are building infrastructure and we are transitioning to electric vehicles whether Ellis supports that or not welcome back it's Baldry's beat Keith Baldry legislative bureau chief global news is my guest let's go to your calls Eddie in Surrey hey Eddie hi guys <clears throat> yeah um, just want to relate a story uh, we went down uh, to Blaine yesterday based on information you know, we were getting from you guys you know, to get basic essentials. <clears throat> so we went down, spent maybe two hours, came back, <clears throat> and to find out, they sent us to secondary. They said, <clears throat> no, you need a CPA test. Um, and uh, we said, well, that's not what we were led to believe. And they said, well, <clears throat> only if you live in, like, Sumas or Abbotsford, where you can't get some of those essentials, but you live in South Surrey. Did they give you a them. ticket? Did they give you a ticket? No, they, well, no, they didn't, but we had to get a hotel. We uh, were sitting there having dinner. My wife happens to be connected to some right people who found out <clears throat> like 20 minutes earlier that the decision had been reversed. So we got back in the vehicle and got our frozen turkey back out of the <laughs> the hotel freezer. <laughs> we just went to Costco. Um, and made our way back, and we had a good experience. Our border agent was really good. They kind of filled out the form for us, um, <clears throat> but we were like moments away from like spending five hundred bucks to get the rapid test. Oh, okay, okay. Thanks, thanks for sharing the story. I'm glad it yeah. didn't work out. I'm glad you didn't get the fifty-seven hundred dollar ticket. Yeah, more confusion. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear from other callers with, with similar tales. But again, I don't think the fines are going to be collected. At least that part of it is uh, is going to be relaxed. But you, you may still get a ticket. But, uh, again, the word we're getting from Ottawa, it's not going to be collected. 
Okay, at this moment right now, uh, the throne speech is happening right now. Governor General Mary Simon is delivering the throne speech in Ottawa. And we got, I think we got a live feed of that. Let's have a little listen to a bit of it. Encourage vivement à transformer les débats en résultats. Um, yeah, she's Mary Simon, the first uh, Indigenous Governor General of the country, delivering a throne speech, and basically uh, the Justin Trudeau government promising to keep their promising to keep the promises that they made in the recent election. So. Throne speeches are vague, uh, aspirational um, documents. Not a lot of specifics. I don't expect it. Uh, oh, she's back in English. Okay, speaking English Languages now. Languages and who shape this country. Drop it. We're hoping to drop in while she was speaking English, but that's okay. Um, but she's a pretty cool uh, governor general, the first indigenous governor general in our history. Yeah, you know, I've talked to uh, our our own Lieutenant Governor uh, Janet Austin about uh, this. She says she's very impressed by um, Mary Simon, the governor general. She's, they've had uh, a couple of Zoom sessions um, with other lieutenant governors. Matter of fact, I think all the lieutenant governors and Governor General Mary Simon are about to head to um, to Victoria and Vancouver for a oh. conference uh, for the first time since the pandemic began of uh, another instance of a, a conference of real live people instead of just Zoom calls. Okay, keep it locked here to CKNW for the rest of the day for coverage of the uh, throne speech, which is happening right now in the House of Commons in Ottawa. Let's go back to the phone calls now. John in Surrey. Hi, John. Hey, how are you doing today? Good, go ahead. Wonderful. Hey, I'm just wondering, like, for, the, for all the bad experiences of going across and back across the border, uh, there's got to be something, like, for the lady that had gone down just for her groceries and, and fuel, there must have been something in her car or something that made the border guarder say, you know what, yeah, that's not essential. Um, and it's kind of like, really, you have to go to the Blaine Costco or the the Costco way down there because it's essential as compared to well, our Costco up here. Thanks for the call. Yeah, well, it's my understanding that, uh, no, it was just a straight essential service buying um, trip, very short in duration. But what's their definition of an essential trip? Like if you're going down, I'm going down for one hour, I'm well, going to fill I, up with a tank of the, gas. Canadian Border Service Agency on Twitter defined it as food, fuel, and supply chain. That, right. That's their definition. So I don't think it can be much clearer than that. Yeah, I mean, and yet their, their border guards are choosing to ignore or to reinterpret the rules. I mean, I think you should cut people some slack. Well, it's know, gonna, like, it, the, the whole thing's going to change on November 30th, anyways. All, uh, yeah. all that's being asked is in a tiny corner of the country, which is southwest BC, we're not talking about Fernie or Nelson, it's only the border area southwest of B.C. where there's a, a supply chain issue, and that's the people being asked to waive the rules. Uh, squeeze in one more call. John in Surrey. Carrie in Vancouver. Carrie, you got 30, uh, yeah, you got 30 I, seconds. Go ahead. Okay, I have to cross the border for a, uh, a Nexus meeting in Blaine. Is that essential? I have it already set up. <laughs> A nexus meeting. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that because, would be essential. Well, it's because my nexus is up, and I have hmm. to renew it. Okay. Well, well, I think, well, good I luck. Mean, you can make your argument, <laughs> but uh, I, I would try to get some certainty before you, you cross. Cause you cut, people be some, cut people some slack, man. I think so.